five-minute video uh, where they can share with you their life story related to uh, their experiences in war, and especially around the theme Memorial Day, uh, losing friends and, and those they cared about in war or sea. And so I want you to hear this. Think about what it means for you, and we might connect with it today. And so these are, again, our church family speaking to you, telling you their story. Dear Madam, I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement of the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any word of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming but I cannot refrain from tendering you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you the only cherished memory of the loved and lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very sincerely and respectfully, A. Lincoln. Our division was 15,000 troops, and we had 20,000 casualties. <laughs> so, uh, we lost a lot of them, a lot of troops. And basic, they teach you that death is, it's kind of like that to die in service of your country is the best way to die. Back then, that's how they used to say it. Well, military, same way. If I die for my country, but I die for my family and stuff, it's, I'm okay with it. I've always been okay with it. And when I came back, I wasn't the hero. It was the parents of the soldiers and Marines and Navy personnel that got killed. They were, the parents were the heroes, not me. It's bound to hit extremely hard and, and feel certainly at times, was this really necessary? You know, I mean, they probably thought that, that I had to give up my child for this, you know. Uh, but on the other hand, I think more of them just accepted it because they were not alone. I mean, everybody lost people. All families, almost all of them, lost somebody. We lost in the Korean War uh, between uh, actual killed, and the killed actually was in the neighborhood of uh, 37,000 people. And we had missing somewhere around between four and 5,000 people. And I, if I remember the numbers, it's something like 104,000 people were wounded. When they opened the door of your plane when you landed at Thompson at Air Force Base in, in Saigon, uh, the smell was the first thing to hit you. And then you look out the window the first thing you saw was body bags being 
put into the airplane as you're getting off? Well, with the 101st, we were dropped off in the jungle. We worked primarily through in heavy, heavily jungled areas uh, up in the mountains near Cambodia. Uh, we were on what they call search and destroy missions. Uh, we landed, uh, got off on a landing craft right up to my neck in water and then hit the beach and uh, uh, there were bodies everywhere, everywhere, just scattered. And of course the worst fire uh, was the machine guns and the uh, bombs and the coming from overhead and the uh, artillery shells that would be coming in. For the troops that were there that first year, it would, believe me, it was not a picnic for those people at all. Well, we start hearing explosions on the outside. We start hearing the flares going off and stuff. Boom, boom. We're seeing flashing light coming from the one window up front and stuff. Boom. Or we're getting laser sighted coming into Balad, and then they take a combat landing, and we get in there. And as soon as we land, we start getting mortared. Like, the whole base just started getting mortared. We ran straight off the plane, grabbed our craft, ran straight for a bunker. I spent the first 30 minutes of my life in Iraq in a bunker. When we'd fly into uh, Afghanistan, like I said, the east side of Afghanistan, right on the Pakistani border, that's one of the worst places you could be. Uh, we'd go in there quite often, and we'd fly uh, guys out. A lot of times it was special forces. Sometimes it was just, uh, just Army guys doing their job on the ground. And every time, once we'd get in the air and we'd get out of harm's way, I'd go back and I'd talk to the guys. And I'd say, what was it like? And you know, they'd kind of describe it, say it wasn't much fun. And I'd say, well, are you glad you're leaving? And every time, not a single person said, yes, I'm glad I'm leaving. Every single one of them said, I got my buddies back there and I got a job to do and I want to go back and finish it. It changes you. It changes you a lot. I guess it can't help you. You up? Uh, <laughs> sorry. You you lose friends. You lose guys that you slept next with and, and talked with, ate with. Those experiences of of actually having other members of your unit that that have been killed, and you're right there with them. Uh, it's, it's a very difficult thing, very difficult. Yeah, I had a really tough day losing friends of mine. I won't go through the story, it's really bad, but yeah. Losing, uh, I lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of friends over there. You meet people you may lose, you may, I mean, I may meet you today and you die tomorrow. For my own people, uh, there are two individuals in particular. One was a good friend of mine. I remember him. And every Memorial Day, I send an email to his church to let him know he wasn't free. I lost several people. The one I remember most was Staff Sergeant Ernest Kelly. He was my platoon sergeant. He taught me how to be a platoon leader.
He was married with five children. And uh, one day we were ambushed and he lost his life. I, I'll never forget him. Again, every Memorial Day, I post something. There's a website for him, and I post something so that if he has any family that looks at it, they know that he is not forgotten. Memorial Day means so much more uh, because it honors those brothers who gave the ultimate. To, to me, you know, it, it, it's an honor uh, to have somebody say thank you for your service. But I'm a, I'm a little bit taken back by it because really I, I looked at it as I was just doing my part to make sure my family was safe. You know, I, I don't need a Veterans Day or a Memorial Day to remember. <laughs> remember is the easy part. It's the forgetting that's difficult. But I don't need those days. I remember every day. But I do appreciate the fact that our country does celebrate those days. And when I see people come up, sometimes somebody will come up to me when I may have something on that indicates that I'm a veteran. And they say, thank you. It's almost a little embarrassing, but I appreciate that. And, and those stories are the people you worship with, we, worship with week, week by week. Uh, and those are some of the stories we've garnered. There's a lot more than that. That's a handful uh, of those, uh, those men who uh, we were able to track down and tell your story and put in a video form for you. And so I hope you've been blessed by that. But, and for me, Memorial Day is not really about patriotism. And I'm a very patriotic person. It's not about patriotism. It's about remembering what is and what is true. Remembering what actually took place uh, where men and women died for us and for a nation and for their families and friends and those they fought with and, and for so many things. So it's not about an idea or an ideal or patriotic idea or even freedom. It's really about real stories of real people who, gave real, who really gave their life and families who, lo who gave the people they loved up. And what that means for us to know who we are, what we do, and how we respond to that, which I think is really a core uh, Christian value, how we respond to those who sacrifice for us. We were the family yesterday, really preparing for a funeral for their son, who was 34 years old. You can imagine how difficult that was in itself. But in that pre preparation time, those conversations, uh, the mother uh, of the 34-year-old man who died uh, stopped and told a story about when she was a teenage girl. She had an older brother who was her hero who went to Vietnam and did not return. He was killed in Vietnam. She told a story about him and her relationship with him and who he was and how he went and the news when they got it and all. You know, she, and, and right in the middle of this, she stopped to tell that story. And I don't know why. She wanted somebody to remember with her a significant person to her, and that was her brother. In a world where most people probably had forgotten him or didn't know anything about him or didn't know who he was. But Memorial Day really about remembering her brother. It's not just a holiday. And we're, we have a day off in our church. Not just a holiday. It's even not just about patriotism. It's about remembering with people their sacrifices that were made, what that means about who we are and how we respond to that. 
The book of Joshua, the first chapter, tells a story. And I'm going to kind of tell the story rather, rather than read it. Uh, these people have been wandering for a long time. They've been released from uh, captivity and slavery in Egypt. They've made their way for 40 years, wandering in a wilderness. They'd fought many battles on the way against many people, preparing to fight some more. And they cross the Jordan River. As they cross, Joshua was told by God to tell everybody, stop right here, right now. So they stopped in the middle of really going into the promised land that they'd waited for for 400 years and had wandered and fought for for 40 years. Stop. Here's what they were told to do. Stop. We want you to gather 12 large stones, carry them across this river, on the other side stop and place them and make a tear out of them that we might remember what has happened and what happened here today. So I think remembering is a key component of understanding who we are today and tomorrow and all the days to come and why it's important for us to do that here in a worship service and to choose to say on Sunday morning in worship we're going to remember and mark Memorial Day as we are today. Memorial Day was first called, and there's an insert there, you have some information, but I want to remind you what it is. Memorial Day was first called Decoration Day. And a retired uh, military officer from the Civil War uh, said, we need to remember this one year after the war because there were graves and headstones and markers and burials all over America because of the Civil War. All over Virginia, Pennsylvania, Texas, Mississippi, Missouri, all over and those the cemeteries were being overgrown, disappearing. Uh, the markers were falling down. People were forgetting. And one year, people were forgetting that half a million men and women died in the Civil War. So they had what's called Decoration Day there at, in Virginia at Arlington Cemetery. And there they had 5,000 people show up to decorate 20,000 graves of both Confederate and uh, Union dead to remember as time went on, uh, they continued to do that in various ways in cities till it finally grew to a broader sense of that remembrance. The North had their Decoration Day, the South had theirs, not the same day. There was still some animosity because of the Civil War. But after World War I, the nation was united again around that war and that common commitment to, to defeat tyranny in other parts of the world. So then it became Memorial Day. For us, remember war dead and war sacrifices and families who've lost loved ones during wartime, which is what it continued to be. So 1971 was actually officially named a holiday. Uh, federal government voted on it, we voted on it, and it became a, a federal holiday, Memorial Day, and it's been an official holiday, Monday off uh, for most of us ever since. As a time to, what's the word? Remember, and why it's important. It reminds us of a couple of things. It reminds us certainly of the value of life. That's why I like the stories that are told as, as a tear is shed. There's value that someone, I had a friend who died. Or the family yesterday, I have a brother who died. A tear she shed, she told a story that happened 40 years ago. Uh, one man tells a story here in one of the videos you saw that happened 70, almost 70 years ago. Yeah, 70 years ago. Tells a story and still emotional about that season of life of losing friends and, and those who fought with him in the war, the Normandy invasion, and beyond that. The value of life. Reminds us of the magnitude of the sacrifices we build our lives upon. 
because we don't just stand by ourselves. No one does. We stand because others have stood for us. We know who we are. And also, the third thing it tells us of our own responsibility in responding to that, the value of life, the magnitude of sacrifices made for us. And what, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to respond to that? How do we choose to live ourselves because of this same sense? And we can even use the word duty in regard to what we talked about today, for men, women, and others. And the question many have asked, some said in the video, uh, help me make sense out of this. Let me make sense out of my sacrifice or my friend or my family member's sacrifice, the death of others on battlefields and ships all around the world. They want to make sense out of it. Want to understand, was it worth it? Was a sacrifice worth making? They want to know that some one million, two to three hundred thousand men and women who are buried all over uh, the world because of wars, and some who were never buried at all. Tomb of the Unknown Soldier recognizes some of those who never returned at all. I'm going to read a, a letter for you now, but I want to give you an up, a background for it. It is really something that was an honor for me to be able to read and see. Uh, Linda, Linda Kindred gave it to Scott and myself. Linda sings in our choir. She's here, as a matter of fact, in the service today, singing in this service. Uh, Linda lost her father in Korea when she was three years old. Uh, he flew as a gunner in bombers there. He also flew 29 missions in the European theater in World War II as a bomber gunner and survived that came home, got married, had a little girl. When she was three years old, he was called to war once again uh, into Korea. You can imagine that story. Talk about That's double sacrifice. You think about what went on there. Recently, her mother passed away. And in going through uh, all her mother's stuff, she found a lot of his medals uh, from, from the Korean War as well as World War II. But she also discovered a letter that was incomplete, that he had begun to write the day before he was killed. And her mother had kept it all these years, unfinished, uh, because he never got a chance to finish the letter. But when he died, they packed his stuff up, threw the letter in the box, small box, I'm sure, and sent it home to Linda's mom and his, his wife. Here's how the letter goes. This is real, by the way. It's real. And sometimes we can uh, make things unreal by how we celebrate or mark them. Uh, we can make it something different or picture different. This is real stuff, real people, real death, real sacrifice, real suffering, uh, real life, real death. You know, does it, anything related to our Christian faith ring, ring true for you in those words? I'm sure that it does. Darling, I didn't write to you yesterday, so I guess I will get on the ball. Well, my dear, there isn't much to tell you at all. I'm not in a very good mood, so I hate to write that way. Guess I'm just tired of being away from you and Lindy. It sure is hard on a guy. Can't seem to see this war. Guess I'm not the only one. Sometimes feels so useless. I hope I'm wrong. Sure hope we can hold on in South Korea. Right now it looks bad, but I'm sure we'll stay in. Guess we go out tomorrow if our ship, my plane, holds up. Hope it does. 
I hate to get up at 3 o'clock for nothing. And he never ended the letter because the plane did go out the next morning. I did fly out and all hands were lost on that aircraft. And sometime later, his, his wife got the box. Before that, got a note saying, husband died in the line of duty in the Korean War. As you think about that questions he asked, some of the stories that were told by the men who actually were in, in wartime and their losses there, what are they asking? What are they looking for? What do they want? What, what, what's about this, you know, for us as a community, a church community, a community of people who live together, a community of people in a nation, a community of people in the world? We have folks in our church from all over the world who are part of our church family. What does it mean for us? How do we connect? Well, they're asking, will you remember? Just remember with me. Remember what happened. Remember uh, Linda's father, who she never really saw, past three years old. Midge Strife. Hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Three-year-old girl who's proud of her father's sacrifice but never knew him. Others who still live without their loved ones, loved ones that so we can love our loved ones. They don't live without their loved ones so we can love ours, so we can share together, so we can appreciate, so we can. How do we respond? What do we do? You know, I think if you ask a lot of these men and women who found themselves either veterans who suffered and sacrificed in wartime in all kinds of ways, or those who actually... What would they say? What would they say to you and me if they could come back and say uh, at that plane that went down there in Korea are those soldiers that were described uh, uh, laying on the beach in Normandy? Are those friends who are, are still there buried, many of them in Vietnam, some who returned home in those body bags? Are those who are still active today who've lost friends in the last year or two or three? in Afghanistan before that Iraq. What would they say to you? What would they say? I think they'd say, I, I want you to appreciate my sacrifice. And so I think it's great you're remembering it. So we've got to start there, right? We have to start with remembering this. Real people, real families, real circumstances, real life given for you and me, and what that really means. They'd also say, I want you to appreciate it too. Here's what I want you to do. I want I want my grandfather to be a good husband and a good father, a good grandfather. Good grandfather. That's what I want for you. I want you to love your family. I want you to, to serve your country and your community. I want you to be good and make a difference. I want you to live right and well. I want you to appreciate by how you live your life, not just what you say, but what you do. I want you to appreciate my sacrifice by how you live, by what you do and what you don't do. I want you to appreciate what you have. I want you to appreciate the blessings you have living in this nation as a citizen or someone who's joined this country in the last year or two or more. I want you to appreciate that. I want you to celebrate that. I want you to affirm that. And I want you to act like you do by how you live. And I want you to serve like I have. Maybe not the same way. Maybe not the same magnitude, but... You know, we begin our service talking about United Mission Week, that we respond to the sacrifice of others by a very small sacrifice ourselves. You know, I think that's what is expected and what is asked for in these stories about how we live. In my own life, I connect with the military in lots of ways. If you're a guest, you may not know. My son was in the Marine Corps. My son-in-law uh, had three tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
Each time he came back, and he's now, uh, of course, he's the, the husband of our daughter and father of two of our grandchildren. He'd, ask, he'd say that to you. Just appreciate it by how you live and what you do. Don't take it for granted. That's what I think he would say. My father served in the Air Force, Korea, and Vietnam. I served in the U.S. Navy, so did my brother. Uh, in the Vietnam era, but not in Vietnam. Those are our stories. But it's not even about that. It's about the message we have and remembering. So these, these, these men and women were crossing the Jordan River in a miraculous way. And they stopped. They stopped. What was ahead was so exciting. The promised land is right there. Stop. And they stopped. And they put stones up to remember. And they still forgot. They still forgot. As the years went by, the generations went by, they forgot. So we set aside on a weekend in May in our church, and we're going to remember. That's what the memory is about. Help you're blessed and challenged in the memory. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the sacrifices others have made for us, above all the sacrifice Jesus made for us all. And God, the message of that gives us today. We have to admit sometimes we take for granted what we have, who we are, what we've been given. We may even forget, forget to think about those who sacrifice for us right now as we have worshiped this morning. And those who gave up a father or a brother or a child or a husband for our nation. So many have done that. So they remember, and God, we are grateful. In many ways, in every way, in all ways. And so we pray in thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.